Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Whatever time you are listening to us, this is Find It at Fond du Lac, Fond du Lac District Library's very own podcast. I'm Jeremy, a reference assistant here at Fond du Lac. We'll start off today by mentioning some of Fond du Lac's upcoming programs and services. This summer, we encourage readers of all ages to share stories, express themselves, spark change, and get creative with Fond du Lac District Library's 2023 summer reading program, Find Your Voice. Join us June 1st through July 31st for a fantastic summer reading program offering fun and prizes for readers of all ages. Readers can register and track their progress online at fondulaclibrary.beanstack.org or on the go with the Beanstack app or pick up a reading log from the library. We'll also have a number of contests during the Find Your Voice reading program. First is our Nature Photography Contest. Showcase your artistic voice by submitting photographs between June 2nd and June 30th. Entries will be displayed in the Adult Services Department for library patrons to vote on for their favorite piece throughout the month of July. And in youth services, children can participate in our children's writing contest. The writing theme is summer and contest entries can embody the theme in any way the author chooses. Entries must be submitted via email to alice at fondulaclibrary.org. Winners will be chosen in each age group, which include ages 5 through 7, 8 through 10, and 11 through 14. For more details, visit our calendar at fondulaclibrary.org. And in adult services, we are also hosting a Find Your Voice writing contest for adults and teenagers. A first and second place winner will be chosen for both adults and teen groups for stories 1,000 words or less. Send your manuscripts to jeremy at fondulaclibrary.org and you can check out our website for deadlines and guidelines. And on June 14th from 2 to 3, we'll have Storm Chasers at the library. Illinois Storm Chasers are going to tell us all about severe weather in our area, including some storms that have already blown through and lots of information about storm chasing. There will be photos and videos, as well as plenty of time for Q&A. That's on June 14th from 2 to 3. And June 28th is Freeform Art Night. Bring the creativity, we'll bring the art supplies. Let the creative juices flow and help use up some of our art supplies. We'll have paints, canvases, Hot glue guns, beads, crayons, watercolors, and more. Register at bondeleclibrary.org to participate. Moving on today, we have local author Joel Shoemaker here with us. Joel, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. So you wrote Bacon Grief and Teeth and Crumpets. And I don't know how to pronounce the last of that title. I'll do it for you. Awesome. It's a florilegium, which okay. is um, honestly, it was a word of the day on uh, like one of those calendars. And uh -huh. I was like, that's an amazing word. And it means anthology. So this is a collection of short stories. So I was okay. like, I want to be the only person to put that as their subtitle, which I'm sure right. I'm not, but it made me feel really clever in the moment. I mean, I've never heard of it. So you <laughs> might have, I don't know. <laughs> Um, so, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, maybe both books, if you don't mind. Um, one, like you mentioned is an anthology and then the other is a YA novel. 
Yes. So Bacon Grief is the first book that I put out. And uh, that was towards the tail end of 2021. Um, you know, uh, everybody wrote a book during the pandemic is kind of what I hear right. in, the liter in literary <laughs> circles. Um, and so it was an interesting journey. Like I never thought I'd be a writer, but here we are. Um, and basically it's a manuscript that I wrote for myself. You know, you hear all the time that if you don't see the books that you want on the shelf, write them yourself. And so yeah. um, there's very few works of fiction for teens and tweens that both celebrate and affirm faith and sexuality. There may be none, in fact, through my um, like decades worth of work, uh, plus with the American Library Association and sitting on uh, award committee uh, award committees for the American Library Association, specifically related to the Rainbow Roundtable. Mm -hmm. um, I've read a lot of LGBTQIA plus um, YA, and almost always, if there's a person of any faith. Uh -huh. um, that is also coming to terms with their sexuality, they wind up walking away from their faith, which is mm -hmm. a truth for a lot of people. Yeah. But it was never true for me. There are, luckily, um, there are, a, a, there's an increase in the amount of uh, affirming faith communities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's several in Peoria, several in Bloomington, I belong to one in Bloomington. And, um, and so it's, there's, there's a distinct possibility to be a member of both circles, uh -huh. faith, right, and, faith right. and LGBTQ plus. And so, um, you know, there's some great works of nonfiction, but there hasn't really been anything in the fiction space. And so I wrote this, uh, this tiny little book, it's so small. And I also wrote it with reluctant readers in mind, you know, we're mm -hmm. both librarians, uh, we deal with a lot of reluctant readers, less so now that I'm in an academic circle, but back when I was a public librarian um, is when all this came out. And so I wrote it with reluctant readers in mind. So it's very short, it's high interest level, low reading level, and there's no chapters. So it's just kind of, it's just kind of a, a short, small story. And my other, uh, the other main thing that I wanted to do with it was to keep it light, to uh -huh. make it really like a happy book. A lot of YA is dark, you know, sure. angsty. Yeah. And, uh, and that's great. I love all of that. Right. Uh, but, uh, I wanted to, I wanted a light, happy, fun story. And so that's what I've written with bacon grief. Uh, Tim and Charlie, uh, just kind of form a relationship in high school. Um, and then go to church, you know, uh -huh. that's kind of yeah. all there is to it. Right. Uh, so nothing real heavy. And then similarly, not heavy, uh, this book that I came out with just very recently, I think it published at the top of May, um, late April, uh, 2023, um, is, Really, I just, I, I found myself in a writing group and I wanted to stay in it. Yeah. And so I kept, you know, you have to turn in work every other week or so, at least in the one that I'm in. I don't know how everyone's works. And so I was like, oh, I need to keep writing, but I don't know what to write. So I had a short story that I sort of repurposed now that my skills as a writer may be uh, better or not. I don't know. That's up to, that's up to somebody Next else. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so anyway, so I kind of redid it and I brought it to the group just kind of being silly and they liked it and they offered revisions. And then somebody in the group said, you should write more about this character, which I had no desire to do. Yeah. But then someone else said, you should write more short stories about teeth. And I was like, that's really strange. And so <laughs> I came up with this concept that there are 28 teeth in the adult human mouth, um, minus wisdom teeth. And so my short story collection is 28 short stories vaguely about teeth. Um, you know, sometimes right. it's a serrated knife, you know, vaguely okay. about teeth and um, also absent any wisdom. So there, it's just a silly short story collection. Um, 
and it just came out. And I, I mean, like, I don't even know what the reviews are yet. People may hate it. I'm for it, whatever it is, <laughs> cool. but it's fun. It's a fun, easy, another easy read. And, um, can people uh, get this off of Amazon? Yes. So both are available on Amazon. Bacon Grief is in a lot of public libraries in our it area. Is, including and so, at including at Fond du Lac. And it's also available for free via like an ebook format, which the ebook format isn't like awesome. I still very much prefer print books. I always will, I think. Me too. Um, but it is available for free to anyone in Illinois with um, what is that thing called? A Biblioboard with oh, Biblioboard. Yeah, yeah. So you can get it for free there. Teeth and Crumpets, I hope similarly, will be in a lot of public libraries. I know okay. some have already purchased it. Um, and so that is obviously a goal of mine to make it as freely available as I can. But it just came out. So, so far, um, you know, I'm doing in-person events this summer to sort of promote it. Um, various places, independent bookstores and the like. Um, and then hopefully we'll see it in libraries as well for checkout. Very cool. So um, you kind of already probably answered this, um, but I'm going to ask it again. Um, <laughs> bacon grief, um, do you think fills a void that is kind of missing in literature? I think so. I mean, my research suggests that there's a growing body of affirming faith work in the adult space uh -huh. and in the nonfiction space, even for adults, you don't see a whole lot in the fiction space. Right. And so my goal, I'm not, I'm not going to do a bunch of research, frankly, I'm not going right, to create right. a nonfiction work. <laughs> I don't really consider myself an expert in any sort of field. Um, and so to write a scholarly work was not my aim. Sure. Um, but you know, I wanted a fiction story to exist that was easy to read, that was joyful. Mm -hmm. um, that was, I mean, it, I wanted it to be purposeful, obviously, but I didn't want it to be didactic. Uh -huh. I didn't want it to like turn people off, for example, if they aren't of the faith community. Um, and I didn't want to necessarily, I'm not selling anything with their, right. any sort of belief system. I just wanted to tell a story from a different angle. Uh -huh. um, something that maybe um, suggests that you can, again, belong to both communities. And right. so that I am a part of. And so that was my only aim. Um, and I do think that, yeah, I do think it feels, fills, fills a void. Um, I don't think that there's a lot of work like this, uh, now I hope that more comes again. Yeah. Like I think affirming faith communities are really trendy is not the correct word, but I do think that gratefully there are more of them than there were. And, um, I think that that may eventually translate into what we see, um, more mainstream writers writing right. but for now. It's a very niche uh, subject matter. Right. And uh, I do think that that it fills a void for now, at least. Okay. Was there a lot of nonfiction that went into your book? Yeah, good question. I think I know what you're asking. So it is a lot of me. Um, it's not autobiographical. Um, I wouldn't say somebody asked me that the other day and I don't, I don't know, I guess you could, there's this word auto fiction. I don't even really know what it means. Um, but my book, I tell people that it's like 40% my life and 60% okay. made up nonsense. Okay. Like certainly in bacon grief, there are four characters. There's four main characters. There's Tim and Charlie yeah. and there's, um, Mrs. S is his, the theater teacher. And oh, yeah, there's, yeah. um, I'm blanking. Oh, my, the, the childhood best friend. Okay, yeah. Um, all of those people are real. 
So Tim and Charlie are myself and my husband, Andrew. Um, And then Mrs. S was actually Mrs. S. Her name is Mrs. Swiger, but we called her Mrs. S. So that character really didn't change at all. (laughs) Um, Like the purple pen thing is real. The glasses thing is real. Um, She, and she honestly, like, we talked. We talk about this all the time, right now. I grew up in Muhammad, Illinois, not far from here, and like she really did change slash save a lot of high schoolers' lives with that theater program. Um, and so she's, I hope, honored in these pages. Um, and then my childhood best friend's name was Sarah, so I didn't even change her name. I asked her. <laughs> I was like, "Are you okay with that?" And she was like, "Yes, of course." Um, and so. Um, and have they read this book? I well, well. So uh, not to bring the mood down, but Mrs. Swiger did die before I was able to oh, get a manuscript to her, which made me very sad. It's like my that. only regret, really, yeah. with the book because I think she would have loved it. Yeah. Um, now my other like theater uh, teachers yeah. have read it, um, and I think they think that she would feel honored. By right, that's um, but I that's like my one and it, I just barely missed her um, oh. and then but Sarah has uh, has certainly read the book um, and my husband certainly has read the right. book so the other the other three <laughs> characters so. are and I've read it once or twice <laughs> right. so the other characters are covered yeah and then there's like some very very brief mentions of other people and those people are largely made up um, just okay. kind of to fill out this story right. but it really is uh, and I think that's rare too and that's part of the reason why it's short um, or one of the like um, yeah, just one of the functions of a short story is uh, those really are the only four characters of any substance in the book. So mm-hmm. um, there aren't a, there's not a lot of like other characters in it. So yeah, those four people are real. Cool. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> and it's self-published, isn't it? Both are. Yeah, okay. both are self-published through Amazon's. Um, whatever it's called KDP is what is those are the letters and it's a great it's a great thing in my opinion that self-publishing has uh, a lot of the stigma has gone away now there's still plenty of bad self-published manuscripts sure but there are also and always have been plenty of bad traditionally published manuscripts plenty of them (laughs) but this you know these works have been edited um they they have been vetted by um and bacon grief actually um, was, I don't know how close you would say to traditionally published, but I like David Levithan is a giant in the queer YA space. And he read uh-huh. my manuscript. Um, several agents read it and provided feedback. Chuck cool. Kalanick, the author of Fight Club, oddly enough, read it. He did. Um, yeah. That's and awesome. a big, he's one of my favorite writers. And so that was a real honor. Yeah, and I, you know, the main uh, feedback that I received was that it was too short to stand up to traditional publishing, which is probably true, unfortunately. Okay. And, you know, one person specifically said in the publishing industry that this is great, but if I put this up next to in the bookstore, it's going to sit next to, you know, 300 page YA book. Um, and it's, they're going to be the same okay. price because of how these things are priced and who's going to buy it. And I get that. And it's also like, you know, since Harry Potter came out, um, YA books have gotten longer and longer, it seems like, which is so interesting to me. I remember when I was a kid, you know, um, reading like fairly, uh, you know, tight, short yeah. The Outsiders, you know, what right, is why right, they considered the right. first young adult book, you know, books of that length. Um, and that's what I enjoy. Like, I enjoy short work. And and so that's what I've created. Um, and so, yeah, both are self-published um, and both have done, well, again, Teeth and Crumpets, it's too soon to tell. But Big and Grief has done incredibly well. It's won awards. It's sold over 1,100 copies at this point. And um, oh, good. so, that's yeah, awesome. so it's doing yeah. well. Um, and I'm very proud of it. 
Um, have you ever considered going into traditional publishing at so all? So I've said that it's like a life goal of mine to be traditionally published. The thing about that industry is, um, you know, I, I, I think we've already talked about it a little bit, but everybody wrote a book during the pandemic. And if you talk to agents today, you know, their slush pile is what they call it. You know, right. their pile of manuscripts. It's giant. They're giant. And, you know, they're still catching up and they're just people. And to right. publish a book, like if a traditional publisher to me today said, yes, I want to publish your manuscript. It would be 18 to 24 months before it was out on mm -hmm. the shelves. And with self-publishing, you can you can sort of just hit the button whenever you want, whenever you're ready, like whenever the manuscript is ready and you yeah. get more of the royalties. Not that that's why I've done any of this, but, you know, um, you and you keep the creative control. Um, you know, the covers are designed the way I wanted them to be, et cetera. Yeah. And so... Um, so yes, I still think like, so I have a, I have a picture book coming out. Um, that's like a step towards traditional publishing. Okay. Like it has a contract and it'll come out in the spring of 2024. Um, with, and it's uh, and it's a picture book. And so I wanted to make sure I couldn't self publish that. Right. I don't draw pictures and I don't, and it would be extremely expensive for me to find like a, okay. like a good illustrator. Yeah. So gratefully, um, a company has taken on the publication of that. Uh, it's still not traditionally published but it's a step towards that um and i'm excited about that so yeah i still think like you know i'm going to keep writing of course uh, as long mm -hmm. as i have as long as i feel like i have something to say um and then um you know we'll see but that that i think remains a goal of mine to be traditionally published just to see how that process really works for yeah. an author um because i obviously haven't experienced it yet does um, the picture book have a title yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know like how, you know, nobody has told me that I have to keep it a secret, so I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> so, so the picture book is called Silas on Sundays. And um, uh, it's a very much another affirming faith picture book or affirming faith uh, subject matter. Okay. Um, so it's like, it's not at all like Bacon Grief. Like the plot is not okay. at all similar, but the themes are similar. Right. And so um, it's, it's Silas is a character um, who uses they them pronouns and uh -huh. they have very supportive parents uh, except for when it comes to going to church they have to go to a proper church um, and they can't wear what okay. they like to wear and they can't bring the toys they like to bring and um, and then so eventually they find an affirming faith community as a family and it's adorable cool. and um, I'm very very excited about it um, and so we'll see what happens uh, when that comes out uh, next year and hopefully, yeah. um, hopefully it gets a bit more, a bit of a wider, like marketing plan from the yeah. publisher. Like that's all in the works right. and, um, and it may find a wider audience, uh, which is kind of neat. Yeah. So I'm excited about cool. that. Yeah. Were you able to, um, maybe they haven't worked on them yet or what have you, but have you been able to see some of the illustrations? I have not seen an illustration yet, but I will. So just recently, it's such, it is such a slow process, even this, like, um, and they have a very specific timeline. And so I just worked with them to choose the illustrator and that okay. was very exciting. That's cool. um, and so we do have an illustrator. Um, and so I think the next step, as I understand it, is they'll do sketches Okay. And then I don't know, like, I don't, I don't know what, the, what the approval process is like, but once that's done, then they like paint the 
them okay. or somehow color them or yeah. whatever yeah. Uh, with our changes, I guess. And then they, but they recently asked me what I think the color cover should look like. And so I feel like I've had some decent input yeah. um, at the same time. I'm just excited to see what Silas looks like um, and their family and all of that. Um, I'm just super excited. Yeah, about it. totally. It's that, really fun. That's really exciting. Yeah. Have you always wanted to be a writer? No. So I never, I never thought about it. It never crossed my mind. First of all, this is probably um, blasphemy here, but I was not really, I'm not really from a library family. We weren't really library kids. Yeah. I fell into the professional librarianship very accidentally. Okay. Um, and now, of course, I love libraries and I, you know, go on and on about them to whoever will listen and, um, and uh, perhaps for a bit too long even. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, so reading was not really my jam until I got to college. And I think we've okay. already mentioned Chuck Polinick, but he was assigned to in a college course to read Fight Club specifically. And I, I up to that point, like I read what I what I had to read in school. Uh-huh. Um, and I was a good student, like quote, unquote, whatever that means. Um, but I didn't really do a lot of recreational reading. Um, and then I read Chuck Palahniuk and I, and I read it in like two sittings. And I was like, this is incredible. And then I read everything that he'd ever written, which didn't take yeah. very long, because you know, they're not there weren't at the time weren't maybe like eight books or something. Right. And then I was like, now what do I read? And so um, I read authors that he recommended and yeah. one of them was Chelsea Kane and Chelsea Kane is kind of like all over social media. Okay. And so, whereas Chuck is not. Um, and so I was able to somehow become her Facebook friend and I don't know whether it was like, it's probably an author page or something. Anyway, then during the pandemic, she started offering virtual writing classes and I had this manuscript that I was working on and I told myself, you know, I don't know if anybody was going to read it or what I was going to yeah. do with it, but I told myself I wanted it done by a certain date. And right before that date, um, she started offering these writing classes and I was like, maybe I'll sign up for one of those and that would motivate me to complete the work. Uh-huh. And then whatever happens, happens. And then as part of that class, she offered to like critique people's pages. And I was horrified. I was like, "Uh, I don't know if I want anybody to read this. It's probably terrible. And so I sent her, you know, very reluctantly. I was like, and it was, it was optional, you know, no pressure. And so very reluctantly, I sent like 10 pages and then I was terrified. I was like, (laughs) what is she going to do with this? What's a grade going to be? (laughs) Right. And then um, she got back and eventually, you know, uh, long story short, she said she loved it. She said she would love to read the entire manuscript she gave it to her queer teen daughter mm-hmm. which was the intended audience and was like yeah. I, would love, I would love my daughter to read this well, that's cool. and her daughter loved it and um her daughter apparently cried when she got the final book as a birthday present which i love and yeah. so and i've been in chelsea kane's writing group ever since that's and cool. uh and so she, uh, she's uh, her quote is on the cover of the book and she very much the book would not exist without her uh, complete and total encouragement throughout the way. I mean, the first thing she did was send it to her agent, which was absurd. Like uh-huh. her agent wasn't even taking on new clients, but she was like, you know, apparently it's who, you know, in the publishing right, industry. Right. And so she was like, I can give it to her. And so her agent provided great feedback. Um, and then, and then we went on from there, but um, yeah. And so she really encouraged the book in its final form. Um and I'm grateful because, like I said, without without her and with that, without uh, I guess sort of without the pandemic, the books wouldn't exist. Which is weird to say because nobody it's likes like the pandemic. It's like a culmination of all the right things happening. Yeah. Now, like some of them aren't great, like the pandemic. But right, right. <laughs> it's like. But we found our like, ways to be creative it during was that time. Like destiny. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So it's really exciting that they that the books exist and that I continue to be able to 
uh, write in some form because I do enjoy it. Um, but it's nothing that I ever thought that I would do ever. Nothing that nothing that ever had crossed my radar before that. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you uh, feel at all being a librarian as well that that's helped you out in your 100%, writing endeavors? One hundred percent. Yeah, I think. Um, one, you know, uh, especially when I was in a public librarian, which I had been for, you know, I, I think like seven, eight years. And before that, I was a middle school librarian for three years. So we, having those experiences really helped know, you know, what kids wanted. For example, again, not to repeat myself too much, but, uh, you know, all these like huge books that keep coming out because that's what, yeah. you know, um, kids want short books. You know, and they want, you know, graphic novels. There are tons of reluctant readers and we want to reach them. And so that's kind of why I built the book the way I did. Um, You know, some people have read it in an hour and good for them. (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, the intended audience, uh, when it reaches, when it reaches a teen uh, or a tween and they, they write a review you know, uh-huh. I had a kid write a write a really early review about how it, um, you know, ma- saved their life. Is a, it, that's not you know that's a that's a too brought too high a praise, but you know it wow. did it did it helped them in that time of yeah. need. And you know that's what that's the point, right? And so right. that's the reader that it's intended for. Um, and so as long as it continues to reach those people. That this is bacon grief that I'm talking about specifically. Teeth and crumpets will help no one. It's a it's a book full of nonsense. But I wrote it. I wrote it explicitly. <laughs> you know, I wrote it explicitly to be just joyful nonsense. Um, and uh, and I'm okay with that as well because that's I mean, important. You know, entertainment. I feel important. like that's pretty important. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We need that, and so. So that's great too. So there's been like an increase in challenged books mm-hmm. and banned books. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any concerns about? Oh, it's a great question. I don't. I don't know. I think if my book were were traditionally published, it may have gotten some of that. Uh-huh. Um, and so I think maybe that's a blessing of the self publishing process and the fact that it's at least reached 1,100 people without right. too much repercussion um, to date. Uh, I. Interesting little anecdote. Um, the other day, because I was trying to reach out to the people that had bought Bacon Grief with my yeah. new book, every single copy of it was checked out from all 27 libraries that That's it was awesome. in. Well, yes, but at, but at the time I was like, you know, people are like checking out and keeping books if they don't want people to get them. They're doing very tricky, sneaky things right now. Uh-huh. And so I, I was talking to another library director, friend of mine, and I was like, do you think that? But then I remembered, like I'm going to a high school next week that's doing a book club. At this And it, it like yeah. two book clubs right now are reading my book. And these will be my third and fourth book clubs in the last like two months, which is great. And so I, I'm pretty sure it's with legitimate purpose that the book was checked out from right, all 27 right, locations. Right. But for, an ink, for a little tiny moment, I was like, what if what if somebody is trying to take, you know, to take it off the shelves? Because who knows what people are doing right, anymore? To almost um, block them by checking. Yeah, them out. and because I know <laughs> that's happened with certain titles. Like I know that's happened, um, and they just take you know, and then they have they run up a a fee on their account and they never come back or whatever. And of course, as librarians, we just buy the book again. You know, if right. it was if it was popular and checked out right, and lost, right. you know, that's a normal. collection development process but um but yeah so i mean i guess i have like in the back of my mind i have these thoughts that like yes that could happen but also i just think that 
kids are savvy enough to find the books they need to find right. somehow. And, um, and so I think specifically with bacon grief, I think, I think, I think, I hope I pray that it finds who it needs to find. And I think so far that's happening. So, so far, so good, I guess I'll right. say, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, it is a tricky time. It is. Well, I think that's all I have for you Great. today. Um, do you have anything else that you want to mention about Teeth and Crumpets? I should mention that I am, I, I think I already did a little bit, I am doing a lot of events this summer to promote Teeth and Crumpets at places like, and I won't be able to give dates here, but that's fine. People can find me at itsjoelshoemaker.com um, if they want to know events or just like, you know, various uh, Facebook pages. Like if you look at the book rack, the book nook, mm lit on fire, even like some of the local libraries, I will be um, several places this summer promoting the books. And so feel free to um, come hang out and get books that way. Um, or again, Amazon or however you want to get them. Hopefully Teeth and Crumpets, a Florilegium will be in public libraries soon and available for checkout because that would be you know, that would be wonderful as well. So yeah, well, thanks for uh, coming on our podcast today. Yeah, and thanks hopefully, for having me. hopefully we'll have you on again sometime. Yeah, sounds great. Anytime. <laughs> I... That's it for Find It at Fond du Lac. We would like to thank you for listening. And if you have a Spotify account, please follow our podcast there. Don't forget to also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find the books and movies we mentioned on our library catalog at fondulaclibrary.org. I'm your host, Jeremy. Thanks for listening.